Everyone got one, what's your opinion? This is the rare one, tongues won't be bitten Ain't no rules, just spill it and anybody can get it No limit, we get to kill it, you tuning into the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping, any topic, even the random I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit, welcome to the rare room That's it, that's all I got to say What's up y'all, here we go Welcome to the all new Hilliard Guess's Screenwriter's Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? 100. 100. That's right. We discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always to get the writers on the listening game. You know what I mean? Everything about screenwriting, because that's what we're about. So on this show, we break some rules. And sometimes we spoil some movies. Well, Lisa, Lisa, Colt Jam spoils movies. But, you know, that's her crazy ass. You know anyway. The rule. You know the rules. What the rules is. The rules is. Wait for it. When the movie opens <laughs> up, uh-huh. you get three days <laughs> from when the movie opens up to go okay. see it. And then that Monday, it's mm-hmm. on and popping. If you don't go see it, you weren't serious. Okay. So that's people who are about to go see Godzilla. <laughs> Uh-huh. I, you know, I bought my Godzilla t-shirt. Already? I ordered it last night. You see how she is, Jazz? Oh, we nerd, we nerd hard <laughs> in the Lisa world. In fact, really? I'm trying to wait now what shirt I'm going to wear when Star Wars, the new Star Wars movie comes out. So I'm excited. <laughs> we dress. We go. A real fan does that. You yes. are stupid. Okay. So <laughs> with that, I am your host, Hilliard Guess. And uh, like I said, you guys listen to the all-new Hilliard Guess's Screenwriter's Rant Room. This is the new shit, not the old shit, just so you know. Now, so if you're grown, let's get it in. Buckle up, people. Buckle up. So we got a new person here today. For those of y'all who are just tuning in, um, as you know, this is a new show, new format, new everything. Um, One of the new things that we added to the show is we have a brand new screenwriter's um, baby writer seat that we added. And the reason why I decided to do this was um, Lisa and I both are like really, really big podcast heads. Like you catch us (laughs) any time of the day. We ain't working, niggas. We listening to damn podcasts. That's what we do. I love it. When you're (laughs) writing in the car and you're just listening and it's fantastic. Yes, because it's my my philosophy. If you ain't writing, you should be reading. If you ain't reading, you should be listening. You You know what I mean? All that. Boom. So... I decided, you know, you ever sit in a room and, and you listen to a podcast and you're like, God, I wish I was a fly on the wall on that one. I wish I was there. So I'm like, let's do that. Let's add our baby writer seat, you know, where young cats could come in. We might have a couple old cats come in too, but young cats particularly come I'm in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? I'm young too. Now she thinks she's young. I'm, just because she's 32. Young. You see what I mean? I'm I about to say, young. why does it got to be a baby writer? Why can't it just be well, like a new writer or a young adult writer? or? Just... <laughs> That's just love. That's because let me explain this to you. This is why. I used to be really offended by the word baby writer. I'm like, nigga, I've been writing for 10 years at that time. Uh, I'm got, still a baby writer. on your breath. <laughs> 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 and what it's about is, check it out, Jazz. What it is, is it's all about the fact that as long as you are still somebody people don't know, they consider you a baby writer. Period. I don't mind that. No matter how like old you are, baby. no matter how much you've done... <laughs> At home. Embrace it, Jazz. <laughs> okay. Embrace it. <laughs> it don't make no difference. They's like, you still a baby writer because we don't know you. So that's mm-hmm. really what it's about. Okay. So it's not about being a baby writer like you're new, brand new. You might have 10 scripts. You might have won some shit, but you're still a baby writer because nobody knows so you. So technically, I could still be a baby writer. You are a baby I, writer. I am. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Thank basically. You. 
Yes. She's just a grown ass baby <laughs> right That's all. She a toddler now. All right. Look. You better be lucky you're way across <laughs> the other side of this room. <laughs> Look, got a thumb in the mouth. So with that, uh, we got my man, Jasmine, in on? the seat. You thank ready? you for having me here. Yeah, man. Thank you for, ha- for for being here. You know what I mean? So you are the second person in the seat. You know, so you got to be better than the, than the first person. I know. You got to well, be better. Not, you just got to be better. I don't know who the first person was. You, That's you, all right. You'll know. You'll know. You know. Now, that one, um, that was a shout out to my man, Cesar, Cesar Marquez. Hi, Cesar. Um, yeah, he was the, uh, the the writer's assistant on this new show that I'm doing right now. Oh, okay. And um, so he came in and. Uh, I can beat that. You can beat that, right? All right. You can get him, right? Get him, Jazz. <laughs> get him, Jazz. <laughs> so, um, so today, uh, since we got my man Jazz here, I figured we talked to Jazz a little bit. And uh, Jazz is, you know, a young writer who's got some some stuff behind him. Got a feature film out that did really, really well. Um, so we're gonna talk to him about that. But you also are moving in television. You moving in television? You always wrote television. I'm moving in television. Okay. Yeah. So he's moving into TV. He's out right now, you know, hitting the um, hitting the streets, as I like to say, <laughs> going on generals and you know trying to get staffed on shows. So we'll we'll talk a lot about that today, about you know giving you guys some game on what you could do to get on some shows and uh, you know the best way to get you into the room. Especially when TV shows right now are mm-hmm. just slaying, like they're oh doing God. so much better than just movies. So mm-hmm. I can totally understand people who are into film are like, I want to do TV because TV mm-hmm. is just like changing the game up, Definitely. especially cable TV. Definitely. Definitely and they're making less movies now, so it's yes. true. <laughs> yes. And I always say, you know we're doing good when people like Jasmine, I mean, people like Lisa, forgive me, is um, literally considering writing a pilot when she's like, mm. I do movies. I do. I just want to be filmed. <laughs> I, I can't be doing no TV show okay. and doing that stuff in somebody's other paradigm and all this stuff and being locked down and, and got a physician and jockey and got, no. And then it's like, then I started watching some really hella good okay, TV love. shows. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Let me rethink this. Uh-huh. <laughs> this might because be fun. She's like, now they're writing on my level. Like she got an ego. <laughs> Look. Ooh, that's really good now. <laughs> see, that's why you can't deal with no cinephiles. See, they crazy. <laughs> <laughs> TV has really become cinematic now. It's like Definitely. on a small scale and I'm just so excited about that. So, mm-hmm. Good stuff coming Definitely. Out. Mm-hmm. So let's talk to you, Jazz. So let's go in a little bit about you. Where you from? Who you is? What's all that stuff? <laughs> just tell my story, basically. What you're no. Asking. No, just where I'm from. Where you from? Who just you is? From. And all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm from Lansing, Michigan. Uh, Shut up. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I'm know? from the D. My ex oh, is from real? East Lansing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Right Does East Lansing really count as Lansing? It's, it's Lansing. It's the nicer part. So of you ain't got to be nice about it. You ain't got to be nice about it. He's my ex. It's okay. No, no, it is the nice part. Okay. Of I wish right. I was from East Lansing. Oh, okay. Very good. Uh, yeah, I grew up in East Lansing, in uh, Lansing pretty much my whole life. I went to mm-hmm. school at Florida State University in Tallahassee, Florida. Oh, okay. Um, and then afterward, I just, just decided that I wanted to be a writer. So I went back up to Michigan. I was supposed to come out to Los Angeles with you know all my people from college, but mm-hmm. I decided to go back up to Michigan and spend time with my family. And it was at the same time that they had passed the new uh, film incentives in Michigan. Okay. Oh, so yeah. film all, all was the becoming, incentives were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty crazy. It was becoming a big thing and everybody was getting involved and stuff like that. Um, and so I just started writing, just writing as much as I can. I mean, mm-hmm. you mentioned podcasts. I mm-hmm. like you listen to mm-hmm. everything. There's mm-hmm. so much out there. And um, one of my scripts just found its way to uh, well, one of the directors from the film school in Michigan. And so he, he I, I like to t- tell stories from like, I guess, people of uh, different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, the feature that I had was from um, 
it was about a, a love story between uh, this a Catholic woman mm-hmm. and uh, a Muslim drug addict. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's that's on some, about two opposites. Yeah, that's on some Sunday <laughs> okay. at Rebecca type. So, of I mean, shit especially because right I'm black, and it's like yeah. you met me, and it was like this black guy is writing about these <laughs> Muslims, like mm-hmm. it's crazy. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was a Syrian guy, and uh-huh. and he was like looking to get into the short films and you know do a feature and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so he hired me to write a short film of his. All right. Um, and that did pretty well. I mean, I just got into it really not knowing anything. You know, mm-hmm. I was new and I didn't know what was going to happen. Tell, with tell it. us the name of the film. The name of the short? Uh-huh. It's called Raised Alone. Okay. Um, it's called what again? Raised Alone. Raised Alone. Yeah. Okay. And so it's about this little boy uh, who's like, um, he's a violinist. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of to- told throughout his story of him like playing the violin. Mm-hmm. And uh, his father is a workaholic and he's never home. And so he's trying to come up with a way to get his father to spend some time with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he got a lot of money for it and he got it produced. Like, like wow. we met and like two months later, like we were on set. Wow. Had this huge mansion <laughs> like that. and like red up. cameras, which back in the day was like... Oh, that was like, oh my yeah, God. Was, I think was I was expensive. at Comic-Con when one of my friends uh, came up to me and said, I got the new red camera. I was like, it seemed like every year there was a new thing and if you didn't have it, he was mm-hmm. like... He was just like out of it already. Yeah, so I, like, I, I, I was on set and I was afraid to touch it. I was like, these <laughs> cost more than my life right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, he got it produced for a lot of money. And then we went on the film festival circuit. We went on like a bunch of uh, film festivals in Michigan. Okay, cool. And then after the whole process, he came up to me. He was like, well, this is really a test. I really wanted to do this feature. Wait, he going oh, okay. to spend all this money and get this money out. Uh-huh. That's just your test. It's like some Matrix stuff <laughs> shit. You know? Like, we're going to give you this, exactly. but now the real thing. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, that's how you're supposed to plan it, though. You're supposed to do a short. And yeah. then, you know, the, the short's kind of like your test run, and so mm-hmm. that people feel more comfortable giving you money for your feature. Mm-hmm. So after that, um, he hired me to write his feature, which was called The Citizen. Okay. Uh, it wasn't called The Citizen back then, it was called something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was about the story of a, a Middle Eastern immigrant that comes to the U.S. the day before the 9 11 attacks. And the so, day before. The day Damn. before. <laughs> what a good premise. Yeah, very good. You can see that. Because people automatically know, like, the, everybody knows nine eleven, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like the day before, and it's like, whoa, what, what kind of dramatic tension could come from that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, and, and again, I didn't know what was going to happen with it, you know, I mean, people try and do films all the time, you don't mm-hmm. know how successful they're going to be, or not successful, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, he, his name is Sam Cotty, he's the director, and, and he worked his butt off, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he raised the money, he got... Uh, named talent for it. We got uh, Carrie Elways, Agnes Bruckner, and then uh, Rizwan uh, Manji, which mm-hmm. is uh, the guy on NBC out, on out, sorry NBC's Outsource. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then um, one William Atherton, who was like in Ghostbusters and stuff mm-hmm. back in the day. And then one of our main guys is this guy from. Um, from uh, Egypt. He's like the Brad Pitt of Egypt. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, Can I meet him? <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it was smart too because it's an international story. And so, with him, it was able to kind of translate overseas. So, um, yeah, within five years, it was produced. It was in film festivals. We were all over the place. Um, we won a bunch of awards and different circuits. And then we got picked up last year. And, where, uh, where did they shoot that? Where were they? It was it was shot in Michigan, obviously okay. because he's from so Michigan, to, okay. and the filming center. I wasn't there because right. at that time I was already in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I came out here to kind of learn more about the business. Sure. Uh, but yeah, wait, was, wait, wait. He go he go get a movie made, <laughs> and then come out to LA and learn how to do the business. Like, <laughs> well, uh, well, I feel like it helped me though because so many people come out here and they don't yeah. have anything. No, right. but I'm saying like the, the idea is that you were already having a movie that you wrote being made right mm-hmm. now, and they're like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to LA and see what see what y'all doing. It's like we want to be what you doing, no. yeah. you know. 
<laughs> but it was, I like it because I had something to talk about. Like, I just wasn't, like, somebody that had nothing to it. Mm-hmm. Like, people still didn't believe me. Like, I still mm-hmm. had to convince them and wait until the actual trailer came out and stuff. I'm like, no, for real, real. It's really coming out. No, it really is. <laughs> we looking on IMDb. We don't see nothing on here. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we came out uh, theatrically last year. Um, I think about 15, 16, 17 cities in the U.S. Wow, uh, we came great. out wide in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're on Netflix. So That's what's up. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, actually it was just announced yesterday that we have a TV deal for Canada. Really? So I guess Canada's uh, own HBO, I guess it's called the Super Channel, we're coming out in May and June. So, so let me wow. ask you. So this, this, is, this is something really important for listeners out there. So I know you got this clearly without an agent, without a manager, right? So it can happen. You know what I mean? You position yourself in the right place. Because mm-hmm. one of the things I was going to talk about later on today, which I might as well just get into right now, since we're talking about features and we could talk a little bit about TV, <clears throat> is sometimes you need to get yourself with, with um, a, a, a director who's on his way up, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that um, I have a good friend of mine, shout out to Edwin Benton, and uh, used to be in Cosby Fellowship with me. And um, he does a cool little thing where he'll go to, like, an event and meet, like, some young, hip director or producer or whatever, <clears throat> befriend them. And not that he's, like, trying to get something, but he always asks people, you know, so is there a project, like a passion project you have that you're dying to do but you just haven't done yet? Right. You know, dude, I freaking write it for you for free. Mm. You know, he'll throw it out to him that way. For upcoming directors, you said? Somebody you know is about Somebody to blow up, blow who's up. on the cusp or whatever. <clears throat> and... I actually, so I've always tell people the same thing. If you meet some young director or whatever, dude, they are, they all have an idea. They're all being pitched things that they just don't have time to deal with yet, but they burn in and do. Right. So you ask them what that passion project is. And this is for TV and for film. You know what I mean? You'd be surprised how many directors and filmmakers and stuff would be like, shit, they'll do it for free? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, you still need to write up an agreement. Mm-hmm. Saying in the event that this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, but you still would write it for free, and especially if you're fast. The thing I always tell everybody, you move from TV, you move from film, you go into TV, you need to start fucking practicing now. Because you're going to have to write a script, 60 pages if you're doing drama, 45 pages if you're doing comedy, single camera, 34, 33 pages, right? You know what I mean? You need to be fast. So you got to start training yourself now to be fast. So... When I meet a young director or somebody I know who's about to blow up and we befriend each other, I'll do the same thing. And here's some of the things I offer them. I'll be like, well, dude, I could have you know, an outline for you in a couple of days. And they're just like, in a couple of days? <laughs> Shit, I thought it would take this, you know, mm-hmm. months down the line just to write. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't know who you're dealing with. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I'm like, give me, a, give me an agreement. I'll have a script for you. Like, give, me like th- give me a good solid three weeks. You know, maybe I'll give myself a month. Just if it's a feature, you know, depending on if I need to do research. If I need to do research, I give myself an extra two or three weeks because you need the time, right. you know, right. yeah. to delve into that. So I know I'm going off on a whole rant, but all I'm saying is you kind of did that indirectly by taking the initiative to go ahead and write the script for this director. So you guys went to school together? Is that what it no, was? He, I went to Florida State. Uh-huh. He went to the, he's from Syria. And so okay. he's an immigrant himself. Yeah. Some of it's kind of based off a story, but he went to the film school in Michigan. Mm. Uh, so he was just coming out of film school, really wanting to get involved, very mm. hungry. And uh, I had been writing since Florida State. Okay. Um, and I, I feel like I got lucky. Like, I'm not going to lie. I did get lucky, but you know, they say 
you can't get lucky without being prepared That's, for it. You, you so, have to take the initiative, though. Yeah. You know, other people would have been like, "Well, how much am I getting paid?" And blah, blah, you know what I mean. Sometimes you gotta you gotta jump in. Right? Yeah, I, you know, I didn't I didn't care honestly. Yeah. I just I was if it if he actually like came through with what he said he was gonna do, mm-hmm. then I knew it was gonna help me. So cool. I didn't really mind. I just exactly. wanted it to get it made. Right. So. Well, let me ask you this: Can you write fast? I know you're transitioning to doing TV now. Can you write fast? I'm getting better at it. I, I can write fast, but. I like taking my time and kind of reworking the script and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I, I take a lot of time for my outline. And then mm-hmm. after the outline, then I can go pretty fast. Because I, I know, like you said, in TV, sometimes... Let's do a podcast. They said you might have like two, three days. Dude, kind of, I'm being real. Sometimes they're like two or three days. They're yeah, like, so Lisa, you know, I need you to turn on the outline. Everything's on the board, as you see, you know. But from that, I need, you know, it's usually like a five, six, seven, eight page outline, depending on the show. You know, some people like give me a three page, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So you need to have it prepared. You need to be able to write that really, really tight, nice prose, hardly any dialogue. You know what I mean? And it's got to make sense. And every single um, showrunner is going to give you a different example of how they want it written, Mm -hmm. you know, based on what they learn and the combination of that show with that show. They like it and they made, you know what I mean? So you just got to find that way. But um, I think that's for feature writers too, because I'm starting to have people contact me about different projects and stuff sure. now too, and they always want to draft like within a month or so. Like yeah. <laughs> they want it like really, really quick. Yeah. They so, don't realize because a lot of people don't realize exactly what it takes. You know, like I just wrote this. Um, I'm in the middle. Of, I'm in, I'm on a TV show right now, and one of the things I put into the contract, small, small, you know, room that I'm I'm in charge. You know, just like three of us in a room, very, very tiny. We're just writing the pilot. And so I was like, I can have it for you in like three weeks because I got to do a lot of research for it, right? Now, what I told them was um, I gave myself this amount of time because I know I needed it, you know, mainly because of the research, not because to write the script. The script is, you know, it's, it's a half-hour show, mm-hmm. you know? Now, it's going to be about 42, 43, 44 pages long, you know, single space, you know what I mean, which is the way they're doing it now for single, for single cameras. But... Um, that's easy to me. Mm-hmm. It's not the writing of the script. It's getting it all right. Like you said, getting the outline and the characters and the story and making sure that that pilot really opens up so we can really hang with what's going on in television today. You know? Um, so I think I just think that little stuff like that is like super duper important to take the initiative, mm-hmm. if you will, um, with a young director or producer, you know, to let them know, dude, I'll fucking write it. You know, but I'm just saying you really do need to work on your speed. And the best way to do it is give yourself every day. Like, okay, I got to write five pages today, you know, and for film, that's a lot. You know, five pages in one day is a lot for a lot of people and people who don't write don't understand that, you know. Um, Oh, so I know what I was saying. So I told him, I says, we are literally sitting in the room from nine to six, you know, every day, you know. So we need that amount of time to really make sure that. Everything is detailed and right. worked mm-hmm. out perfectly, right. you know. So anyway, go ahead. But wait, wait, wait. This is yeah. what I want to before you go anything else, sure, sure. because one of the things I'm always interested in, in terms of whether we're writing for film or TV, is the idea of people of color being mm-hmm. able to write about people who don't look like them oh, or okay. come from them. Okay. And and why I was really interested in terms of getting Jasmine on the show mm-hmm. in the first place was because of the fact that the script that you wrote is about an immigrant mm-hmm. from a country that, I don't know if you got some relatives from way back who yeah. might be from I'm there. assuming you've never been there. No, so, I've never no, been no, there. No, 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 <laughs> but what I'm saying is that, and I did, and we talked about this in uh, other settings too, in terms of writing the other, someone yes. who's completely different than Absolutely. yourself. Yeah. What I want to know is, what was that process, for someone who's Syrian, 
to, to look at you like, okay, I'm going to have you write this about someone, you know, who's an Arab immigrant, you know, how was that director able to trust that you could actually write the story without being from that place? You know what I'm That's a good question. I, I think a lot of it is that he had the story kind of already prepared. Mm-hmm. Like he he gave me like a 17 page treatment, and there was you know I have been studying screenwriting, so there was stuff missing that I I needed to like rework and stuff oh, like I'm that. Sure. But he kind of knew like what he wanted, mm-hmm. and also he kind of like I said he saw a script of mine that dealt with like similar characters, so mm-hmm. he knew that I had an interest in it. He knew that I was going to research and that I knew a little bit about it, and so mm-hmm. I know. And also you know he's one of the the writers on the script as well, so okay. I think he that made him feel a little bit more comfortable. Did you have to do any research, or was it basically, here's the story, I'm going to write it, and then you had him read it and filter it and bring in any cultural things that he thought needed to be in there? I did do research. I did more research about like the immigration process, mm-hmm. because there is a process about you know the tests you got to take and how long, and even you know how when 9-11 happened, like, what was the timeline of events? So I did have to do a lot of research. But as far as, like, the cultural aspects, that mm-hmm. was a lot that he brought in. And then we did have a third writer that came in afterward who was actually, he was from the same uh, country as the main character, and he was in New York at the time 9-11 happened. Okay. So he mm-hmm. came in and he added a lot of more detail to it. So he came in and gave you some texture yeah, in there exactly. or something. So yeah. see, people, we can write anything. Yes. You ain't got to be from whatever. You could just write it and just get, it all comes down to story. The fact that this guy was like, mm-hmm. he knows how to write story. I like what he can do. <laughs> Let's go with this. Exactly. Now, jumping on that still, I know you mentioned, and one of the things I'm always really interested in, and you know we talk about deep structure and mm-hmm. deep stories and how people have a through line in their own lives of certain stories that they write. Definitely. I know you said that you always tend to write things that you know about outsiders and things like that. What in your personal life is making you attracted to those type of stories? I think there's a couple different things. For one, um, my mom was a foster child growing up, mm-hmm. and so I hear a lot of her stories, mm-hmm. and a lot of my screenplays actually deal with like orphans and foster child, just because I think that's just an interesting life, and mm-hmm. uh, it, there's a lot but of see, emotions that come with it. But see, so. that that is exactly we, we we did a show on on the previous show. We talked about <laughs> theme, right? Right, and writers tend to write in themes. And I always like to take it even a step further to see, like, like kind of where you're going now, of mm-hmm. why do you write those themes? Mm-hmm. You know, like, my themes always tend to be about the underdog trying to get somewhere, you know? And I think that comes from being a black gay man in the industry is, like, mm-hmm. my thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know, like, what's your... that that's I mean, you <clears throat> you answered the question. Yeah, it's you definitely know I mean? outside. About your mm-hmm. mom, because all, we all know our mom is like, you know, mm-hmm. that's the thing we care about the most probably, sometimes more than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting that your themes seem to be about, seem to be about that, you know, because of her upbringing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it reflects on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting. Though. Yeah. And then also, uh, when I got out of college, I spent a lot of time uh, working for uh, Lutheran social services, like mm-hmm. dealing with undocumented refugee minors. Mm-hmm. So they're minors who are in the U.S. illegally, from <laughs> Africa, from South America, from all sure, over the sure. place. And they right. have some interesting stories. Right. Mm. Would make some some heartbreaking movies. So you over there taking notes. And yeah, no, I had to go through their files and I was like, this is a movie. This is the worst movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So um, I take a lot of stories from that. And, and, you know, there's a lot of talk. I mean, we're all African-American here. There's Absolutely. a lot of talk about how in the industry they need to be more diverse. And especially mm-hmm. from an African-American perspective, we want more black movies. Definitely. But, I mean, all minorities are kind of dealing with the same all thing. Mm-hmm. So, so when I got into it, I wanted more African-American stories, but I also wanted more stories of just 
general people of color sure. and, and people who don't usually get represented. So. And I love the fact that you're taking that initiative because a lot of writers don't. Like a lot of my scripts, it's funny because when we were looking at scripts, like what do I write? And I just happened to be thumbing through, you know, because I'm prepping to do the pilot that you have mm-hmm. challenged me to get done <laughs> in the next couple of months. By the end of, of the summer, girl, I want to see. But it was like, so let me go back and look at some of my old stuff. And mm-hmm. I realized not a lot of my scripts deal with black people. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. but thematically, mm-hmm. they're dealing with some things that I'm interested in, okay. whether in terms, like you said, talking about being the outsider mm-hmm. or someone being centered, who's been marginalized, who's being centered. Mm-hmm. And I think it's wonderful because it's like, that's the initiative I think Hollywood's going to have to take okay. in terms of you writing the other mm-hmm. and understanding that, hey, just because you might be a Latino writer or an Asian writer, understand that there are other people who may be different but they still have that similar human experience Definitely. and you can write about that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just love Roberto R.C.'s script for Sleepy Hollow because <laughs> he put that in there from mm-hmm. jump. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So when I see scripts like that, I get excited because it's like, here's someone who's taken that stand. Like, you know what? I do realize there are other people in the world. So let's put them and, in the story. And you know, he had to fight for that. You know, I'm sure you he know did. the network is like, I'm sure a black lead and it's a female. Mm, I don't know. And he was like, okay, are we going to do it or not? Yeah, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm gonna go sure. take it to another. But place. he had all that other stuff going for him too sure, in his sure. film. So he, you know, he had a little. He, you, Roberto, you had a little bit of weight. <laughs> you <laughs> had a little bit of weight. I feel like it you. makes the the show so different, though. Like, mm-hmm. like just looking at it makes me just because it's like two people from different backgrounds. It makes mm-hmm. me want to watch it. Right. And I mean, I think it's starting to trend. I mean, yeah, there's like pilots right now that have black leads that you'd just be surprised about that Absolutely. might be coming out in the fall. Absolutely. But here's the danger. Okay. Wait, danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the danger. Hollywood will always jump on a trend. Always. But the problem comes in when it starts becoming tokenism, where you start to have, oh, we're just going to have this black person, but there's still like a white person, basically. Or mm-hmm. we're going to have this Latina. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's still some cultural things that mm-hmm. need to be done. Right. But I think that's only going to come when you have people who come from those backgrounds who are in the room writing it. And I'm even going to far as say is like it has got, got to come from directors and producers because yeah. we can sit out here and talk about we need more actors of color and all that. Well, but it has to come from the top well, down. Well, let's talk about that for a second. So since we're talking about since you mentioned the room, all right, let's talk about the room a little bit. Now, <clears throat> now there are a couple of people over at the Writers Guild, um, Glenn Mazzara being one of them. Um, who are big, big advocates um, for trying to staff diverse writers on the show. And well, that's, that's Walking Dead, right? Well, he used to be on Walking oh, Dead. He used to be on um, forgive me for not knowing what he's on now. I'm sure he's on like nine things. But he's the man. <laughs> he's stacking. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but literally, he goes around to each and every... There's different committees at the Writers Guild. There's the gay committee, the old committee, the black committee, the, the Indian committee, the Latino committee. I mean, there's a bunch of them. And... They go around to each and every one of them and talk about like why and things that we could do to help them um, staff get staffed on the show. So um, I gotta I gotta talk to Glenn. We gotta have Glenn on the show. I'm putting it out right now. Glenn Mazzara, goddammit, I want you on the show. <laughs> so if you hear this, come come holla at a brother. <laughs> now, um, so Jazz, so now you're moving into television. Uh, so what kind of scripts do you have? Um, what are you What are you out with right now? What 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 are you out? What am I out with? Um, it's It's kind of like the same topics of being outsiders, but mm-hmm. you know, when I got the Citizen, it was very early in my career. Like I'd only sure. been writing for two years, and you know, there's a lot of thing about finding your voice. I'm, I'm, and I hadn't I'm yet stab found him my right voice. now. He was like, only been here for like two years. And then I just got this movie, and I just, I'm like, <sighs> I think I was writing for three years, and I got mine. So, 
Okay, I know. I know. I'm happy about that. Yeah. It's just like I feel like, like I feel like I just met Jasmine a couple years ago. He's like, oh, fresh face, and then he's like, and I, know, he yeah, I got even, my movie, and he I'm never like, even mentioned it. All of a sudden, well, he when was I so did, key. when I talked about it, people like just kind of looked, just looked at me like I never like, heard it. You never told me. Well, that's because I never talked about it because people really didn't believe me. It was awkward. But. I no, think it's a but, smart thing though. It's but a it smart was thing. because it's like he was doing. I think you were doing some other things. I think you were like doing interning and doing some things. I would just see you around. Of course, when I see him at WGA events or something like either. OBS or something, and mm-hmm. and I see him, I'm like, oh look at him, he's just so young and perky and just bright eyed. <laughs> I'm like, he got a little bushy oh. tail. <laughs> I was like, oh, I remember being that when I first came to LA, mm-hmm. and then I see him on his motorcycle, and I'd be like, are you mm-hmm. gonna be okay on that motorcycle? And he'd have his little helmet, and he just like, he was so Hollywood. And, but he never said anything about mm-hmm. the family until he's on Facebook. Oh, by the way, my movie's coming out. All of a sudden, I'm like, bitch, he sends me an email, and I'm like, <laughs> I got a you got a watch. And then it's not even, not to be stereotypical, it wasn't even what you expected. He wrote this like almost a foreign movie to an extent. You know, when you saw it, I was like, wow, this is on some all level shit. You know what I mean? So I had just had nothing but respect for it. You know, that that's the first movie you come out with kills at film festivals. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So anyway, we just have to give you a little shout out. Jasmine Jasmine Brown. So let's talk about TV. So what's... Yeah, so uh, I hadn't found my voice then. I kind of found... I think I found my voice now. I like Mm -hmm. writing characters. I like writing young adult characters, kids, teenagers, people in their 20s. And I don't know, a lot of the stuff I have kind of have a supernatural vibe to it, which is I'm always talking to Lisa on Twitter about (laughs) Sleepy Hollow and everything. So... Um, yeah, so supernatural young adult content. I have a couple scripts out there now. I just picked up a manager um, good, good. back in March, and so she's sending me out on staff. Can we season. can we tell everybody how that happened? Uh, because the reason I say that is yeah. because everybody got their manager and their agent different. I got mine different than you got yours, mm-hmm. so I'm just curious to know how you got yours. If you can talk about it yeah, yeah. to help somebody know, oh, there's another way. Right. Well, I mean, like you said, I was I've been out here for a couple years yeah. and. When I came out here, it was mainly to learn about the business and network. Mm-hmm. And so I did a lot of networking. I didn't even really tell people about the film mm-hmm. until it came out. Um, but that's after some, that... That's some bad networking right there. <laughs> I'm like, he used the word networking, but he didn't tell nobody. I'm a little confused but, about but that. It worked for him. It worked got, for him. I got myself in a lot of spaces where I just like listened to people and just mm-hmm. kind of like... like I consider like you one of my mentors here. Right, and you, that. Lisa, and Jennifer from OBS and mm-hmm. Michael Jackway. I just got myself in places where I could just hear from a lot of people and mm-hmm. get advice. And so then when I had the film came out, everyone who knew me was kind of shocked about it and was mm-hmm. like interested in it. And so one of the friends I had through OBS, uh, Katrina Nelson, mm-hmm. um, she came to uh, one of the premieres, premieres of the film. She mm-hmm. liked it. And she recommended me to a friend of hers who was just starting out to be a manager at Provocation Entertainment. Okay. And so we had the meeting. Uh, the manager, she had saw my film. She read my script. She liked it. Cool. And uh, she decided to work with me. Good, so. good for you. See how That's it what's up. So he did but, network. But, and he did yeah, network. A, lot of, okay. a lot of it was based off networking because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people, you send out query letters and stuff like that. I mean, sometimes it can work, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is just noise. So you, I guess you do have to have those personal connections. So it I'm kind of glad it was, I came out early. I'm telling y'all, it was the motorcycle. The motorcycle. <laughs> it was the whole the motorcycle jacket, the riding boots. Can we not talk the, about the motorcycle? I love it. <laughs> no. I love it. You stupid. I love girl. it. You stupid. So, so you are trying to get staff on the show now. I am trying to get staff on the show. All right. Now. So, is there any? What show would you like to be staffed on if you had your your choice? This is gonna sound horrible. No, it's, no, not. it's not. No, it's not. But uh, like I said, I like young adult supernatural content. Okay. My favorite show. 
and it's not one of the critical favorites, but mm-hmm. I love Teen Wolf on MTV. Oh, okay. So, okay. Okay. If I could, if I could pick one, it would be Teen Wolf. You know what? Don't be ashamed. You know what? No, we need. Don't. You know what? Not people, supernatural people. Yeah. We need to embrace our loves. Definitely. We need to stop being the supernatural ghetto and mm-hmm. saying and prefacing things like, "I know this is going to sound terrible." Like, <laughs> I, I don't want. Like, you know we what are it is? Ashamed. You know what it is? And I, and this, I'm just, I'm not speaking for you. Yeah. I wonder if it's just because it's MTV. Now, had that have been HBO, you'd admit, guess what the show is. You know what I mean? A bit like saying you wanted to do True Blood or some shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or something like that. Well, well, a lot of it is when I came out here, everyone talked about branding yourself and knowing what you want to write. And yeah. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And everyone, you know, Mad Men, The Office, like everyone talked about these great TV shows. Mm-hmm. And I liked those shows, but I didn't, wasn't, you know, excited about writing them. Okay. So it took me a while to kind of figure out what shows I want to write. And, you know, this... I guess my friends, those aren't the shows they're into, which is why I need Lisa. <laughs> the only one I can talk to about some of my shows. No, I love all the shows. I think, I think it's, it's great. great. And we need to embrace it. And black people, we watch this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we need to like not be ashamed. to, you Because know, a lot of times we get in here like, oh, we want to do shows like Mad Men and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know what? Fuck it. Let's do Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> Let's do some supernatural, exactly. crazy horror yeah. stuff and stop acting like we're ashamed of that. Embrace yeah. it. Yeah, I got a... We just we just shot a sizzle. Well, we didn't just shoot. We shot it back in September, but it's finally about to come out. We've had we've had a lot of trouble with the um, special effects, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I did a, a sizzle for a new supernatural show called Tainted. Mm. It's about these six kids with super new, superhuman powers, what? and they all have to bond together to fight this evil spirit. In this, what's their age? What? Again? What's their They're age all teens. Oh, teens. Okay. Yeah, a bunch of teens. Like, but like, are we tweens or is? They're teens, like you know, yeah, high school. High school. Is it like a like I don't know? You seen BBC's Misfits, but are they? Like, oh yeah. my god, that's and my show. Like, exactly. That's my exactly. show. There's like the, the cheer. Yeah, I just I just got through season one. There's oh like the cheerleader. You know, there's like the cheerleader, the kind of cool kid, the you know, the the goth girl. You know, all those different types and stuff. There's the Asian guy. I'm sorry, I just got excited about hearing Misfits. I'm just so sorry. I just that show just just warms my heart. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So. Have you had any meetings yet? Or I've had meetings with other writers. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had any meetings with like showrunners yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I, it's, I mean, it's upfronts haven't happened yet. And yeah. and um, Ali, she's uh, she's sending my script out to different shows. So okay. I'm hoping something happens soon. So mm-hmm. and I, I kind of understand that it's late in the process. Like from what I hear, it usually starts in like January. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it does. But as we all know, you know, things are changing things now because it's changing. going all year yeah. long. Yes. Yeah, you and know? that's and that's what she tells me. She's like, This is just the network cycle. Mm-hmm. Cable is having stuff all year. There's Amazon, there's Netflix, so there's gonna be other opportunities. Mm-hmm. See the problem is what happens, like for instance, um, I was telling Lisa on um one of the previous episodes that uh, you know, Akiba Akiba mm-hmm. got staffed on um Hawaii Five O. I didn't what? <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um Angela Allen wait. got staffed on. Wait for it. <laughs> I'm gonna have her on the show. She got on Sleepy Hollow. Mm. Yeah, but she was telling me, and I'd love to have her come on and tell the story. But she, she literally, I think she said she went on that back in February and just found out two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. That she. Mm-hmm. So it takes some time. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's sometimes it's a couple different interviews. You got to get vetted from the network. Yeah. You, know, you got to get on that list. There's like a bunch of different. Uh, rungs you have to go through before you even get to that place. And Sleepy Hollow, I mean, they got picked up early, right? So they Child, know that look, that's coming after back. After three episodes. <laughs> yeah. They three already episodes. knew they were coming yeah. back. Yeah. That's the power of Twitter, That's y'all. the big power of Twitter. <laughs> Let me ask you this. How are you prepping for your meetings? Like, are you doing, are you, like, practicing your pitches? Like, what are you doing to prep when that showrunner says, bring Jasmine in, let's talk? 
doing stuff like this, just learning to kind of talk about myself and tell my story. I, I mean, I feel like when I first started taking meetings, I was mm-hmm. very nervous and I kind of treated it more like an interview, which is exactly what you don't want to do. Yeah. So I had you to get more You weren't doing the Michael Jackway coming in a three-piece suit, <laughs> was you? Shout out to Michael. Hey, Michael. I'm not clowning. I, I I'm just no, saying. I had an interview at Everybody CBS. Everybody has used that story about Michael and he know it. I had an interview at CBS and I talked to Mike and Mike told me to dress up for it. So that's funny. But, um... But yeah, so I'm I'm just getting used to talking about myself, just going over my scripts and my log lines and Well let me tell you. I'm gonna give you some games. Okay, yeah, no, I need This it is all, for so. all you listeners out there. Mm-hmm. This is for film or TV, but specifically for TV. Mm-hmm. Because I just had to and like I told you, I have a small room for this new show I'm doing, and I had to bring in a new writer. And one of the things I always tell everybody is don't come into the room saying I just want the chance to be in a room. I just want to work. I don't need you. <laughs> I need the dude who's like, okay, here's what I can bring to the room. I'm the guy. I'm really good at story. If something's on the board and I see something wrong, I'm the guy who can go, oh, Lisa needs to do such and such in order to get to this, and then we can close the door right at the end of Act 2. Bam. That's the dude I need. Yeah, because if, you, I mean? cause, cause if you're coming and going, I'm just be happy to bring... Bitch, yeah. we brought you in here. Exactly. Talking to you. Yeah. So you are in the space. You have to give me something other You're already than that. here. I can go and throw a rock and have a bunch of people outside tell me, say, I just want to be in the room. I'm exactly. so happy to. And exactly. I understand that energy, but it's mm-hmm. like. And too no. many young writers come in just, just basically pitching the fact that they just want to learn. I'm not here to teach you. I'm not here to pay you, Is basically. It, you know <laughs> what I mean? So. And I learned some of this. I'm getting. Don't don't think I'm coming across as a dick in any kind of way. But I, this is this is how Glenn Mazzara talks. Mm-hmm. Glenn Mazzara. These are some of his words mm-hmm. that I've embraced when I'm doing this. Right. So he says, go into your meetings, telling them what you could do. So if your strength, for instance, um, I would go into a room if I was uh, uh, being staffed on the show. I would talk about the fact that I love to write underdog characters. Right. And that would tell you a lot about me and the themes that I like to write. Talk about that. Don't go in there saying, well, I really love, you know, Bubba, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could talk about why uh, um, uh, Michonne's character, for instance, like say you're going out for a show similar to that. Mm-hmm. You know, why Michonne's character speaks to you and how the way you write will really elevate her. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So find, especially if you're coming on a show that already exists. Right. Find a way to help you talk about how you can help the show. Mm-hmm. Not about how, oh, I'm just so anxious to get on the show and yeah. learn and I've never been in a room and... Fuck all that. Yeah. <laughs> Just talk about you and and your strengths. You know, and that mean? doesn't mean going in like you said, not going in arrogant. Like, well, you know, I no. show. It just means, look, I have something I can offer you. Exactly. I enjoy the show. Exactly. That's why I'm here. I want mm-hmm. to be on the show. And it, like I said, it's obvious you mm-hmm. want to be in the room, mm-hmm. and it's obvious that we think that you have something, or else they wouldn't have bothered. They to wouldn't call have brought you in. in. Yeah. They you know, your script got you in, so yeah. there's really no need to talk about the script. Right. You know, if if they want to talk about the script, they'll be like, Lisa. The way you ended Act 2, oh my God, and she was on a cliff, wow, they will do that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they'll, you're in the room for that. You don't need to go in the room and go, so what would you think of my script? No, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If I like it and there's some moment, I'm going to ask you. Right. Otherwise, you were in there to talk about you getting staffed on the show mm-hmm. and what you could do for the room. Because young writers don't always realize that in the room, they are, they are making like, like a reality show. There's, there's that character, there's that character, there's that character. You know what I mean? There's the funny one, there's the one who's good at story, there's the one who's good at structure. There's a, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Every room pretty much has them. And some people are strong at a lot of things, but you really want somebody who can, when you're stuck and you're in crunch time, 
ah, Hilliard's really fast. I know good as well that if we need to get this grip, you know, in two, three days, boom. If I needed him to fix it because I don't have time and I got to go to the network, he could do that. Mm -hmm. So you got to know what your strength is. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? I'm looking to fill in every one of those six to eight spots because it's no longer 12. Mm -hmm. It's very rare you see a... A room with that many people anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I said, my rooms are three people. You know what I mean? So depending on what the room's gonna be. Right. So um, find yourself what is your strength. Mm -hmm. And when you get to these meetings, even if it's just a writer, because that writer might eventually be a showrunner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. let them know what your strength is so they're gonna remember, ah, oh, you know, I need a, I need somebody who's really good at, you know, digging into characters and oh, he can he can he knows dialect because he did, you know, say you're doing NCIS. Right, so you'd be good on NCIS just because you know a little bit about all that that um, uh, Middle Eastern stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you can sell that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why they bring in lawyers and doctors and cops to be consultants on shows because they're experts at it. Right. Mm -hmm. So come on the show in the interview, saying what you're an expert at. Mm -hmm. Don't just sell your writing. I remember years ago I went on. I was on the Universal lot, and they had brought me and this producer in to. Pitch this project um, for this actress. I won't say her name, but for this actress, because mm -hmm. she was looking at buying this property. And it had to do with 80s and when hip-hop was starting off in the whole art scene mm -hmm. in New York. And so when I went in, I was coming in like the expert, like, dude, I grew up on that stuff. I mm -hmm. was there when that started. So that time period that you're talking about mm -hmm. was when I was into it. Exactly. So when I went into that meeting, I was like, dude, do I need to break out the cardboard right now? Exactly. Do I need to tell you what it means? Mm -hmm. And like they could feel that energy mm -hmm. in the room. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, my producer person who was there with me, it was like, he just kind of like sat back and let me do the mm -hmm. talking. And they were into it. They were like, mm -hmm. oh my God. And I was like, dude. And when you heard the song, I had painted this visual and made them feel like, damn it, we have to get her on mm -hmm. this because she's going to bring us what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I knew that going in. It's like, Y'all trying to do something with hip hop I mean, I mean, and think art about and graffiti. It. Think about it. It's the same reason why, I mean, you, you get a room that's full of men, but there's a female character they want to bring on a female mm -hmm. just so that she could let us know, are we crossing the line? Does it sound right? Would a woman do this? Mm -hmm. there's, it's, it's the same thing. You know, whether even if you're going on, even have you come in there be the token woman. You know what I mean? But you might get it vetted. But you might if it gets you in the room. But you might be right. You know, they might have a black woman, so they think they need a member. Most of these guys are white guys. Yeah, they don't know, so they're trying to do what they think is right. They think it's right to just bring in a black female who can really hear that voice and give them yes or no. Does this make sense? Right, but. They got to go through the 30 black women to figure out which one of them is the one right. who could tell you. So right. how are you going to sell yourself among that? Right. You see what I mean? Right. And so what you do, in my opinion, I would figure out, um, forgive me for using Walking Dead, but I would figure out from Michonne's character, for instance, if you were going in for to staff on that, which we all know now, they don't staff baby writers on that show. Everybody is an experienced writer on that show. You know, which pisses me off. Anyway, and, so and, I digress. And, and, sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes it shows because you got still got the tired tropes yeah, going yeah. over and over again. Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you know what I mean? So they bring in, they interview all these African-American, black female writers just to find that one who could tell that voice. And nine times out of ten, I guarantee you, they're going to find the one closest to that character mm -hmm. who has resemblances to that character. You know, who they think could speak to that, or somebody who 
can talk about that character oh, in shit, a way. They need, then they need me on that show then, because I will write some shit for it. <laughs> you know how to use a cinema, that, Lisa? You, <laughs> I can learn. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, learn yeah. how to use a guitar. I watch enough movies mm-hmm. to know that I can fake it and do what I need to do. <laughs> but then it would just change the whole... It, the show would change definitely. If I was ever staffed mm-hmm. on that, I'd have to like. I, I probably would not last on that show very long because it'd be like we can't, we can't do it. It'd be like head desk the whole time. Like I'm just drinking in the corner. <laughs> I'd be like that Beyonce. I've been drinking. What you got, Lisa from a show? I ain't got nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Go ahead, y'all. Gonna do what you want to do anyway. Go ahead. You know, whatever. But yeah. yeah. So just be prepared when you uh-huh. go in. Um, so I can say like I, I write young adult characters well, and I absolutely like characters from you know different minority groups. And, yeah, okay. And you, just your background experience, like mm-hmm. you said, working with immigrants and especially young mm-hmm. people, they don't have anybody in that room that can speak to that who knows what it's like for young people, especially when you're an immigrant from other. I always think of that movie. Um, remember Dirty Pretty Things? Mm-hmm. Like when that movie came out, it was like the first time. I mean, I'm from San Diego. I know about immigrants and things like that, but it was the first time I got to see a world where shit, this mm-hmm. is what people who are immigrants and who are not in this country legally, mm-hmm. this is what they really go through. And if you know that voice and mm-hmm. you know the real stuff, that's golden. Well, you know? what, what, what I was thinking, Jazz, was... I mean, good point. But what I was thinking, Jazz, also was what separates you? Like you were saying that there was something you volunteer at or something like that. What is it? You go through all those different... Um, oh, yeah. I worked, what was that? I, uh, I was like an assistant director to this program for undocumented refugee minors. See, mm-hmm. that is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no matter what room you go into, because I can imagine you sitting there going through the different files and seeing all this interesting stuff where it's just full of stories. And I would say I just got stacks and stacks and stacks of all these different stories because I'm the only one who can go through these files. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now I'm like, ah, he knows about these, especially like a Law and Order or something with all these crazy characters from all over the world, it's like, boom, that's the dude who knows about, And he's going to bring a nuance and an authenticity Mm -hmm. to it than like some of those episodes. And I love Law and Order, but Mm -hmm. there's certain episodes where I'm just like, (laughs) <laughs> well, they, y'all, yeah. 700 and something I'm sorry episodes. I got silent. They're going to have at least 20. I got silent for a second because the expression on my face was like, because sometimes you're just like, y'all just didn't even try to try, didn't you? You didn't try nothing. Did y'all didn't talk to nobody? True. Y'all didn't Google nothing? <laughs> that was just a rushed episode, exactly, you know what exactly. I mean? So, yeah, you've got to have that, and I think that, that he has that. Mm-hmm. And in terms of also, um, you know, geographically being someplace different. Somebody mm-hmm. coming, you know, going to school in Florida. Florida mm-hmm. is a lot different than mm-hmm. a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. Being from Lansing, Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain things that you can bring that are strengths that people just don't have. Like, I would also add in your little spiel, um, like, like when you say about the type of characters you like to write, mm-hmm. I would, like, you threw away that nice line about your mom and your mom's in foster care, and now you find yourself writing about characters about... Use that mm-hmm. because it's humanizing you. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I might be a foster care person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And that might tie me into you. Or it might be someone who might have adopted a child. Exactly. You know who's what I mean. Who was in foster care? But or that person might, like you said, been foster care themselves. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, but you see how we're just selling you. We're mm-hmm. not even talking about the script. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. you already got in the room, so you don't have to talk about the script. Mm-hmm. You talk about you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how you are. Now, you could also talk about, I love the show, blah, blah, blah. I love how the Headless Horseman does both. You can go in all that shit, mm-hmm. right? But you're pitching but, yourself, though. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need to be in a room with you for 12 hours, or 10 hours, or 8 hours. So I need to be like, okay, 
This dude is interesting. And I would think if I were a showrunner, that's what I would be listening to. If mm-hmm. I was staffing, like, we're just going to put out a universe. Mm-hmm. When my pilot gets picked up. There you go. And I start staffing for writers, and I'm listening to them, that's what I'm going to be listening to. It's not so much your writing, because, mm-hmm. damn it, I read the script. That's why we're calling you into the room. Mm-hmm. But I'm listening also in terms of what are some things that you from your own background that's going to add depth to these characters. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're not writing the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you're going to add that's going to be really genuine mm-hmm. and it's really going to like speak to the core of people who might be experiencing the same thing? I just thought about something really funny <clears throat> about how many, how many young writers and how many people, how many even, even, even older writers who all talk about you know, getting the pilot produced. That you didn't used to be a thing. It was just like that was your calling card, your script. You know, but now there's so many different venues with with Amazon and Netflix and all mm. these things that we yeah. have, that yeah. we could be in control of. Right. That when people say this could possibly go to air, and I'm like, oh, that could possibly go to air. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it used to be, mm-hmm. oh no, that was just a script, motherfucker. That was just a script. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You know like I mean? this is a real thing. Yeah. Like it can, like it could happen, like fast. You know. It could. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's all on how your hustle game is, mm-hmm. how you sell it. Do you make a sizzle, whatever it is you decide to do? Mm-hmm. Because that's the other thing that I'm finding. Um, we had a guest on last week. Uh, shout out to Alani Ford. Hey. Um, she's a creator on, on, on a show on OWN called He's Got, Mom's Got Game. And um, we were talking about how um, people always are pitching things to her all the time now because she's a showrunner on a show, mm-hmm. creator on a show. And... She said, I'm at a point now where I'm like, send me the sizzle. I don't have time to read your script. Mm -hmm. I don't have time. You know what I mean? And think about how many other people in her position have the same thing. You know what I mean? I'm still at a point where I read scripts because I like reading scripts. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just a reader in general. Mm -hmm. I know Lisa is too. Um, So I will read your script if if I say I'm going to read the script. First of all, let's get that clear. Don't (laughs) don't y'all be just sending me 900 scripts all of a sudden. But seriously... If I say I'm going to read it, I'm going to read it. Now, um, um, but she was talking about how she wants to see the sizzle, you know, and I'm not going to go into what a sizzle is. Y'all should know what a sizzle is, okay? Um, little three-minute trailer, let's just say that, of the show, giving you the premise of the show so that we, producers, executives, networks can see, ah, this is what the show is about, you know? Here are the characters. Here's the main plot. Here's the story. Here's how it can go for 100 episodes. Boom, Right? So, um, I just find it interesting. So, that's the other route that you could do, Lisa, <clears throat> is to jump ahead of yourself. Since you keep saying, I'm thinking about producing something, fuck that. Save that little bit of money. Save three, four, five thousand of that, and let's make a little sizzle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Of mm-hmm. that, if we can. Because, mm-hmm. you know, she'd be doing her little supernatural stuff. I don't know if I could be jumping off buildings and blowing <laughs> up or something. <laughs> Trust me, I just went through it. Look, I was like... And then she disappears, and then what? And then she vanishes, and on on the middle of a freeway, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. We need to water this down a little bit. So mm-hmm. um, we're gonna do the ghetto version of that. <laughs> <laughs> so she appears on an empty road, mm-hmm. not in the middle of a freeway. Right, <laughs> right, right. But it's just to make. It was just to show you what her powers were. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Anyway. Without having to use a whole bunch of money and extra stuff. Just give us a little bit, just so give we can us, get an idea. Exactly. Now, being looking to be staffed on TV. Are you working on any other screenplays for film right now? Like original pieces that just you wanted to write? Yeah, yeah, I have two original pieces. Uh, one actually, Hilliard gave me comments on, mm-hmm. and that's the one that I sent to my manager, and that's when she decided to pick me up. So, oh, you got magic powers like that? Like his <laughs> notes are like, poof. <laughs> you know, it's funny. <laughs> 
And th- I'm glad that happened. Um, um, I've been known to help people do that. But see, but see here's a trip. Akiba um, and uh, uh, Angela and quite a few other people, when they all, because I think Angela got into um, Fox and mm-hmm. Akiba got into CBS. CBS. Mm-hmm. And they both called me like crying, going, oh, my God, thank you for the notes and blah, 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 blah. Now, I'm not saying I'm responsible because I know other people help them, too. Um, but I, I love that. We were talking last week about how when, when, when I hear that somebody has gotten something, I feel like I got it. We got it, too. You know what I mean? And I that's how like you that. should feel. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. that Because per- it ma- makes you want to do better yourself. But also, mm-hmm. you want to be supportive. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Those people you help online, and I know there's some vindictive bitches mm-hmm. out here in Hollywood mm-hmm. who would see somebody else's success and be like, you know what? Crabs in the bucket. You know what? I ain't going to do nothing. It's like, yay you, because guess what? You might get in the room and be mm-hmm. like, you know what? Let me spread that love back and say, hey, even if I can't get you on mm-hmm. the show, I might be able to get you a meeting or <clears throat> show you something else. And that's exactly. the mentality you have to have. Exactly. So when people are successful and when you do blow up, Jazz, I just ask, I can be a really good extra on, a, on <laughs> Team Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> My one line I always say for everybody's show, uh-huh. I can always say, there they go right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I ask. And mm-hmm. a Sprinkles cupcake, Hilliard. Uh, <laughs> Red That'll be in your rider. That, that's that's <laughs> all I want in life. But it's like it's so exciting because, like I said, from when we talked about before, mm-hmm. my first love has always been reading and watching films. And if I could just have people just make the stuff that I want to see, I wouldn't even bother writing or trying to do the stuff myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then it'll never. Happen. It, no, then I, then I could just step into my other career, which uh-huh. is like film critic, uh-huh. you know, that kind of thing. But and it was making down. Yeah, she won't love. <laughs> no, she won't love any I'm, movie. <laughs> okay. They'd be like, Buddhist, this bitch right here. Buddhist, no, no. Buddhist compassion. Buddhist, Buddhist compassion. <laughs> no, I would tell you the good things, and then I would tell you what I did not like. It would be nice, but uh, it's like, you know, and that's why getting into writing myself is like, I need to start writing stuff that I want to see. Okay. And if there are people who are writing similar things that I like and I want to see, yay you. That's less work for me to you have know, to it's do. It's funny you say that. I'd say the biggest majority, uh, we all are podcast heads. I don't know if you guys can relate to this. Every time I hear somebody talk about how they succeeded, seven times out of ten, they say exactly what you just said. I was watching somebody do such and such. I was like, I could do that. Or I was so sick and tired of blah, blah, blah. I was like, Mm -hmm. what if there was a story about boom, 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 boom? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You ever notice how the word, people always say when you pitch, the word what if is one of the most powerful words. Yes, it is. You know, the most powerful setups. It's like, what if there was an ant that could talk? You whatever mm. the fuck, mm-hmm. but the what, what if and the original mind. What if I yeah. ate the, What if I ate this apple? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or imagine a world where right. you know mm-hmm. what I mean. There's something the about that right. that paints a picture in your head automatically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So there are certain catchphrases that you can use even when you go into the room. Mm-hmm. You know to talk to people about mm-hmm. you. You know. So I always start off with a little bit of a joke, mm-hmm. and my first joke is, "Well, I grew up in Palo Alto, but not." The Stanford side, the East side, the Dangerous Mind side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Remember mm-hmm. the movie Dangerous Mind? Right. That was my school. Right. Imagine that shit. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I start off there, you get a say, oh, this dude's from the hood. You know what I mean? He's probably been through some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I'll flip it and start talking about, yeah, I'm a gay dude. Boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. Just you go, oh, he's a little yin and yang in there. Right. He's not your typical right. queen. Right. He's your, you know what I mean? Boom. Mm-hmm. I, he's done some shit. It just reminded you know? me of like, I didn't realize until maybe when I got in high school that 
I didn't realize that I had grew up with like a bunch of like, you know, mm. stereotypical folks where, you know, it was like, oh, I grew up with some thugs and some killers, some people. <laughs> but they were just everyday folk. You know, and I was like, Pookie and them, like, where's your mama at? No, you can't. And I didn't realize that people had this this notion. But when I was growing up in it, they were just real people, mm-hmm. you know, and they love sci-fi. I mean, I know some big thugs. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Chris from <laughs> from 10th grade. Okay, don't say his last name. I ain't gonna say his last okay. name. He be but knocking saying, on my door. But like. I just remember just sitting there like, we were talking and he was just like, he was just like going off. Off on this philosophical rant mm-hmm. about Philip K. Dick and all this stuff. Mm. And I'm like, this dude is like a crip. <laughs> like, literally, I can't, when we would leave school, I would have to walk way across the other side of the street. And because, you know, we live like in blood territory. Yeah. I'm like, well, Chris, do you, okay, hey, we, we'll talk about, you know, that movie, <laughs> but I'm going to walk over here. Uh-huh. And, you know, and it was just like, I mean, I, and to me, that was regular, but it mm-hmm. wasn't until I got out of that and people were like, oh, you was rolled up and something. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're surprised when I say I come from those areas because it, it would sound like I. I didn't. I mean, mm-hmm. I really am a Black Valley girl, but mm-hmm. I'm like a Black Valley girl hood girl, kind of. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Valley what else is up? A Valley hoodie. Well, on that note, I hope you got a little bit of game out of that. No, I definitely did. You thank, know you, what I mean? thank you very much. For- yeah, man. Thanks for being here with us and all that stuff, but we got to get into Lisa's. World famous. Y'all ready for it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the clap back, y'all. So... This clapback, it's not going to be a negative. All right. Okay, it's not going to be negative. And I know you guys all saw this. So we all know, <clears throat> uh, for those of you who know what the clapback is, <laughs> uh, basically it's me just having to say some words to some people. <laughs> you know. So th- the word today is, I know everyone saw the new casting of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I remember... Uh, you like Star Wars? You like Star Very Wars? Much, yeah. Okay. Now... <laughs> I want to preface this by saying that I know back in uh, when I was going to San Diego State University, I had to write for the Daily Aztec, and I had like a column. And one day, I had, you know, I just made a, a comment. Don't you? Always? And I wrote, <laughs> and I wrote, and the title of it was "Paint the Death Star Black." Oh, that's a great. And title. I was just talking about basically like my. This is my my thing. But this is like back in the late late nineties, and I was just talking about, you know. Why time. is, why is, you know, how, how does Landau, Kyrie, how does he come to be? Like, where are the black beauty shops? Because brother was doing a press and curl. Mm-hmm. And I know Princess Leia not going to be sitting up there with no hot comb over <laughs> a stove trying to, like, where are that? And I remember getting like so much, like, you know how they always say, don't read the comments, mm-hmm. you know? I got so much, and there were people coming to my classes looking for me. Saying, How dare this you criticize? How do you criticize Star Wars? Mm. Star Wars, the epiphany. And it was the whole idea of, nah, but here's what, what the deal is mm-hmm. you cannot have black people in the future and only have one mm-hmm. because they're going to have to come from a community of other black people. Okay. If I don't see yeah. it, you're the token. The colony. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, at least show me, like, talking to his wife on the phone, mm-hmm. you know, having breakfast, something. Show me that they are not just there to the, you know. So that, when I was growing up, Billy Dillions, it was cool to see him in, that, mm-hmm. in the second movie, but it was just like, but where's the rest of his people? Mm. And I remember people like, how dare you even bring up race or even talk <laughs> about that? I remember this Asian dude came into my classroom and he, well, I thought we were good friends. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I am so disappointed in you. <laughs> and I was like, they took it so personal. That's and funny. the one thing I learned was people take Star Wars very seriously oh, because yeah. it is one of those juggernaut films that just revolutionized film and it just it just changed so much. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my favorite. Like I remember, this is way back, going to the drive-in <laughs> in my PJs and like wanting to be Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. So, on that, I just remember how, how powerful and passionate people are about that. Now, bring it to 2014. <laughs> Y'all saw what the cast is now. 
okay? My, my quibble right now today, my clapback, is not so much on color. Because, mm-hmm. you know, even though J.J. Abrams came out and said he going to change it up, mm-hmm. the only thing he going to change up is the number of lens flares in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so all my Star Wars heads, that's going to be the new drinking game. Bring your oh, box wow. wine into the theater, and every time you see a lens flare, I want everybody across the globe to go, lens flare, sip. <laughs> I'm trust me, we're gonna be tore up 20 minutes into the film, all right? But my thing now is okay, I know race was not gonna be something that he was really gonna do. There were rumors mm-hmm. of him talking to Lapita, all that kind of stuff. At least we got John mm-hmm. from Britain from Attack, from the, Attack block. the Block. If you haven't seen Attack oh. the Block, you should be ashamed of yourself. Oh my god, but you know, it's one of my favorite. But I know, I know, so and he's so good. fabulous. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I got to talk about gender parity. And we talked about this, I think, last week when we talked about that 52% of the mm-hmm. movie-going audience are females. Okay. And once again, most of the characters in the films that have the lead roles, they are not female. So I'm so happy they're going to bring Carrie Fisher back. Go Princess Leia. Okay. Uh, the new young lady, Daisy. Sorry, Daisy, I don't remember your last name. Um, I don't know what character you're going to play. There are rumors that you're going to be like Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher's daughter or something. You know, I don't keep up with the Star Wars books because that's just too much for me. They said they're not following the books. So. That's very good. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. But how are you only going to have two? Uh, I'm not saying I have to wait until the film comes out and mm-hmm. I sit down and actually watch to see what they do. Because who knows? Lupita might be in there. They okay. might. He might be. He might be sucker punching us and like I'm. I'm, I'm gonna get these bitches. Watch. They got, <laughs> they're gonna be talking all this mad stuff. And then when it happens on film, they're gonna pff, brain mist everything. So cool. I'm hoping that's what he's going to do. Okay. But when you put out the cast, and I see only two females. Out of a big cast. Out of a huge cast. Mm-hmm. JJ, you're not bringing nothing new, boo. Boo, <laughs> bro, you ain't bringing nothing new. You're not. You're not. So I'm going to hold judgment a little bit, but mm-hmm. I am going to argue and clap back the fact that I'm very disappointed in this. Like, you cannot have that. That, mm-hmm. that the, the old days are over. But let me just ask you It's this. over. I mean. We bringing money. Thinking about mm-hmm. the original Star Wars, though. How many other women were there besides? Look, we were great. Look, we were grateful. Like I think that was like th- when one of my friends, like old heads, feminist heads, was like, mm-hmm. I think that during the seven, I think that was like the third wave feminism or something like mm-hmm. that. So as a little kid, mm-hmm. I was just happy to see a female. Period. It didn't matter what color because I, you know, at that time when you're growing up, especially when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. You didn't expect to see yourself anyway. Mm-hmm. And so you tend to graft yourself onto whatever's available. So even though Princess Leia was white. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be Princess Leia, just the chocolate version. Sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And they're not in there. I'm going to do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, somewhere in the world. And of course, they, they try to answer to that by putting in, you know, Billy mm-hmm. D. Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they try. I mean, it's baby steps. It's the 70s. Yeah. What, what you going to do? What you going to do? Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, at one point I have to have, I had to start looking at Ewoks. Like, okay, well they black. <laughs> you know, some e I, I don't know R two D two. Somebody black made them. I don't know. You know, you just start you start just making up stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like the blue chick when they had Jabba the Hutt. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, she definitely was a sister because I saw them nose features in that butt. <laughs> so like, she definitely black. So you put yourself mm-hmm. in there even when you're not there. Like, look like the witch from. Uh... Uh, uh, the Wiz. <laughs> no, she did not. No, she man, was just as fabulous. As, as far as the nose and all that shit. That's yeah, funny. so so I love that. But it's like, I'm going to have to say that right now in 2014, this is not acceptable. Okay. You cannot have films that are showing the future and not having a lot of women in there. 
Okay. I know they try to have them in the back, but I'm talking about lead important roles where these are characters that are going to be recurring characters mm-hmm. that contribute something to the story, who push the story forward. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. So, so JJ, they, uh, I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna uh, wait till the movie comes out. So is JJ planning to come out with like a series, the new, the new series of movies? Come on, they in the business of making money. Okay, they in the business of making money. Mm-hmm. You know, and that brings me back to the idea that I talked about the last episode, which is what this young man right here. Mm-hmm. I told you he sent me the Twitter yeah. and he said, <laughs> "Clap back." <laughs> <laughs> is that which one was that the Aaron Sorkin yeah oh, yes yeah. so the last yeah. episode you listened to it and I told you that was Jasmine and I told the world it was Jasmine who sent that mm. and it's like you cannot you cannot 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 do that anymore I'm sorry to be thumping on my, my notepad here but you can't you can't do that anymore mm-hmm. it's one thing to have it in the 70s where you can do the old school we didn't know any better you know we just we had low expectations True. for our producers so like i said we put ourselves there in places that we didn't really see ourselves but that's how creative black people are we make a way out of no way mm-hmm. but in 2014 it's not cool it is mm-hmm. not cool it's not cool you cannot okay. have that mm-hmm. So, JJ, I'm going to hold off. I will curse you out after I see the movie. Um, Lupita better be in there somewhere, even if it's just a cameo, mm-hmm. you know. And um, uh, and if I see you and it hasn't happened, we're going to have some words. I remember thinking that, too, when it came out. I remember, as far as, like, villains go, I don't think there's ever been a female villain in, like, the Star Wars universe. Oh, JJ, please let Lupita, if you have yeah, her in the movie, cool, huh? let her be a villain. Mm-hmm. Let her be the back, because you know villains always have the best parts. Mm-hmm. And on a later episode, I'm going to talk about respectability politics, because don't be, <laughs> you, she better be in yeah. this movie, and if she's okay. a villain, that would be fabulous. Go ahead, Jazz. Go ahead, Jazz. No, I just remember, I, I kind of agree with you, and it's, it's 2014, you would think that you know, they would get the picture that it needs to be a more diverse cast. I mean, all these movies coming out, Fast and the Furious, when they have diverse people, when they have, like, multiracial people all over the place, then they do really well. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand, like, why they went back to the same formula that they had before. Because they are white men who don't have people of color friends. <laughs> and they don't realize that Hollywood does not reflect the real world. And even though J.J. is relatively young, because he's insulated himself with a bunch of writers and groups. Because you know that's how it is in the business. When you're yeah. writers, that's your group. So what I'm saying to you, y'all need to get you some Latino and Asian friends. Because there's no fucking way you're going to have uh, Star Wars 2014. Mm-hmm. And one, not have no Asian Jedis, even though your whole aesthetic is based on Asian culture. Mm-hmm. Your style of clothing. Sure. Everything else. Like, that's like a slap. Like, if I were Asian, and I'm probably, if I did a DNA something, I'm probably showing some Asians somewhere back there. <laughs> like, I would be upset. Like, we was upset with the airbender and all that. The last airbender and all that stuff. You can't do that. You've got to put those people in there because guess what? Those are the people who are coming to your movies. True. And if you just keep showing white people, you're showing your ass like Ari handled it when he talked about <laughs> Noah and he talked about the whole idea that white people represent every man. And when there's fucking 7 billion people on the true, planet true. and white people are the minority, I'm sorry to have to tell it to you, mm-hmm. you know, Asia, China got the most people on the planet. <laughs> so if anything, you know, we talk about international, you talk about yeah. international, yeah. Yeah. you know what yeah. I'm saying? And especially when we talk about a lot of our funding and our films are going to go to China anyway, mm-hmm. with these co-productions, you are, you are, you need, you need me to be your PR person. <laughs> you know, I need to be your Olivia Pope to help clear this mess up for you and straighten you out. So anyway, that's my clapback okay. for the week. But like I said, this is going to be a half clapback because I'm going to see the movie first and reserve my judgment until I see it. Then I'll talk some more shit. Okay. On that note, so we didn't do it the last episode or so, but we need to get back to the Don't Sleep On Them segment. There you go. Um, but today, I'm going to surprise y'all 
And we're going to do something from one of my old scripts. Oh, Lordy Jesus. I didn't touch it, didn't fix it, okay. didn't do anything. I All was right. like, I'm just going to show you where I was two years ago. So this is two years ago. Two years okay, ago. Okay, two years this, ago. This is, so this is, this is from a crime drama uh, pilot kind of a uh, web series I was hired to write. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> we ended up shooting a sizzle reel. So uh, we needed to write a sizzle for the pilot. So... I wrote this sizzle for it. It's called, the show is called I Commit. Um, never came out. It's called I Commit. I Commit. And, and it's the, about, it's it a about crime it? drama. Um, it's about three commitment, three commitment phobes um, in the underground world in LA. Like, kind of very Pulp Fiction. So it's style. a drama? It's a drama. Okay. Yeah. Dark drama? Very dark. <laughs> Your eyes got really dark. You're like, oh, yeah. it is very dark. These Ooh. motherfuckers are dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. I'll read... The um, I'll read the role of Phoenix, mm-hmm. and uh, you go ahead and do the uh, the directions. The same directions, yeah. Okay. But this this is this is how it opened. I think it was about a four page. Um, uh, it was about a four pager for the uh, for the sizzle, <clears throat> and um, we're so, just gonna do the first what? So this is just the scene of the sizzle. This is a scene in the sizzle, okay. like the whole opening. Like this is the whole opening. This is the opening okay. of the sizzle. And then it goes into all the crazy stuff after. Yeah. Okay. This just introduces all the main characters in the sizzle, but we're going to stop at a certain point. All right. So this is you two years ago. Yeah, this is two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here we go. Fade in. Interior. Dark room night. Deep, heavy breathing fills the space like a piercing echo. To commit or not to commit. That question rings in my ears like a church bells on a hot Sunday morning. A staticky radio drowns out the breathing sound. Now, all we hear is a god-awful Brazilian samba music in the background. A pair of closed-lit eyes blink open and dart around to see. The floor by his feet is covered in fresh blood, a pair of dress shoes tucked under a table. Up higher, a revolver and silencer rests in the center, as if daring the man behind the eyes to grab it. Daring the man behind the eyes to grab it. A side smirk crosses his face. He makes a move for it. Woofed. He's jerked back. Shit. Here we go again. Brazilian flunkies arguing in Portuguese, stirs from the next room where a hardcore card game's heard. The man, corner eyes, a door where the voices come from. A ray of light beams through the slips underneath. The light to see him at all. The man cracks his neck left, right, as reveal Phoenix, 30s, mixed race, in a wife beater, slacks and socks. He's been badly beaten, gagged mouth, bloody hands tied to a metal chair. I know what you're thinking. An average schmuck would be up shit creek right about now, right? His hands begin to dance in and around the knot like Houdini. He strains, turns, pulls. But a pro like me always has backup. Swoosh. A hand's set free. He yanks off the ropes, rips out the gag, tries to rise to his feet, and stumbles weakly on the table near the gun. Voices in the other room get more heated and animated. Phoenix's eyes adjust to the light under the door again as the dark figure approaches, about to open it. He bites his lip, and instinctively his hands cup the revolver, Clips the silencer, checks the gauge. No bullets. The doorknob turns left, turns right. Phoenix grabs a shoe, flips it over. Plop, plop, plop. Three bullets fall into his palm. In a flash, he loads the bullets and bolts, kicks the door open. Bang, bang, bang. Gunshots pierce the air. Splash to black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was just a little, a little piece that I did. Um, we shot this thing over, I think we did it in one day. <clears throat> and um, this is like the little opening that that sets up all these characters that are about to come. Because actually what happens after this moment 
is Phoenix breaks the fourth wall and starts talking to the audience. Mm -hmm. And as we start to introduce each and every character. And um, is that not is that not what's happening here? No, this is just what it is, is I wanted to bring you guys into the world because he's a he's actually a a, like a petty thief. Mm -hmm. And so it opens on him tied to this chair. How's he going to get out of it? But we learn he's actually really smart and slick. And he finds his way out of it because he's, he's he, that's why he says, like, you know, I know what you're thinking. You know, the normal guy would never make it through this. But a dude like me, shit, this ain't nothing to me, mm-hmm. you know. And he gets he, he you know, gets himself out of it. Um, you know, uh, uh, um, we think we think because he's tied to the chair that he has no way to get away. Turns out he's in his shoe were bullets. You know, he's almost kind of like a James Bond, mm-hmm. but street mm-hmm. brother, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, so. Uh, this is just a whole setup to show you little, little pieces of this character. Mm-hmm. So by the time he breaks the fourth wall, we're like, oh, this is our hero. This right. is the guy. It's like you know you're I mean? using, you're, you're actually using the action Correct. of the character yeah. to reveal character. Correct. So action is mm-hmm. revealing him. Correct. And also I think what's interesting is the idea that you're setting up a mystery in the mm-hmm. very beginning. First of all, the first thing you do is you have a question like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. All right. Then Curiosity. You're, right. You're yeah. very curious. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. That's the first thing you want to make somebody turn the page. It's Definitely. like, what's going on? I mm-hmm. want to find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, the idea here, too, is if we have this question, we want to know who this person is, and then we're trying to figure out what the hell is going on, mm-hmm. okay? People coming into movies or people reading scripts like this, they already have some preconceived notions of scripts they've seen before. Sure. So as a reader, if I were reading this, mm-hmm. I'd be thinking to myself, it's almost like you're trying to outsmart the reader. Like, you know, as a reader and as a writer, you're mm-hmm. automatically thinking, all right, well, probably what's going to happen next is this. <laughs> and, you know, I know what you're thinking. An average smart would be up shit. And it's like, you hear that voice? Mm-hmm. You've heard that voice before in other movies sure. where someone's being rescued, mm-hmm. but then you flip it and the bottom it says, but a pro like me always has his backup. Mm-hmm. You have that as your button at the end of the page. Always got to have a button at the bottom. Because of the what's page. the first thing I want to do? He <laughs> says, but a pro like me always has his backup. Now you're curious. Then you it's like, no, nah, I got to turn the page. Exactly. What does he do? Boop. You know, he gets his hands free and mm-hmm. then we're off and running. Mm-hmm. So just by the first page alone, what you're doing is you're setting up curiosity, mm-hmm. mystery. Character action mm-hmm. is action is a villain character, mm-hmm. which is always the best way because you could, you know, anybody else probably would just have a bunch of dialogue and him talking to himself, like maybe sure. a, a long voiceover. Sure. I don't know how I find myself in here. I <laughs> oh God, I think they're coming. You know, it would have yeah, been like yeah, this yeah, yeah, big yeah. old chunk in the middle of it. Uh-huh. But action is carrying it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need, especially when you're trying to get a reader to get for, you know, we talk about one and five. When mm-hmm. you're trying to get someone to commit to the story and by page five, they've got to be committed or they're going to stop reading sure. the script. Sure. You know? So I think it's very clever that you used action. Well, I'm also using the camera and without directing it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Telling you things to focus upon, you know, up higher, revolver, you know, and silencer rest in the center as if daring the man behind the eyes to grab it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we're tight on his eyes. All we're doing is seeing what right. he sees, you know, mm-hmm. things around the, around the room. Here's another thing I like. At the very, uh, almost towards the end, when you talk about, when you reveal who he is, Phoenix, mm-hmm. 30s, I love the fact that you said mixed race, but mm-hmm. you don't say what race is. Sure. Because as a casting person who's reading this, or director who's reading this, they're thinking, okay, it's not set in stone. Yeah. So mixed race, there's so many ambiguous people around. Sure. That kind of opens up the audience. You know it's going to be some type of person of color, mm-hmm. but you're not limiting the search for the role. It could well, be anybody. Well, let me be- tell you why. Partly it was because... Um, and we won't keep going too long, but partly it was because of the, um, we, we hadn't decided if this was going to be in the future or not, and to me, people in the future are going to look more mixed race. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I thought, 
I should set it now before mm-hmm. we cast whoever right. that he at least looks different. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or where we're going. But I think it's smart because like you know I said, I mean? even if depending on who, who would get this and all its finance this, it gives you a lot of openings to go in many different directions. Sure. I had a script a couple years ago that I was going to do as a, a web series mm-hmm. and I, for some reason I always, I love the look of Eastern European women. Okay. I think they're so different and so fabulous. Mm-hmm. Technically, even though they're considered "quote unquote" white women, <laughs> they're so close to some ambiguous stuff. Mm-hmm. I felt like I can get someone who looks really unusual, and it could be somebody who's mixed exotic race or, or exotic. Yeah, Not yeah, so yeah. much exotic. Yeah, exotic's another word. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, yeah. you know that's when you that's sexy. when you start fetishizing people. Got but it, but you know, I'm, but I know what you meant though. But it's in terms of opening up casting, opening okay. up um, different avenues and different faces. And I mm-hmm. think as a casting director or a director reading this. That's going to really zing in my head. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I got several people. Mixed race, okay, it could be all kinds of folks. Let's open up a door and get as many actors as we can sure. get in who sure. could, be, could be that. Especially uh, one of my favorites is, I don't know if people watch Orphan Black, mm-hmm. but the lead in that. She's so ambiguous looking to me. She oh, could yeah, be yeah. anything, and mm-hmm. I love that about mm-hmm. her. Even though she might be, I don't know, I'm not sure of her ethnic background, but there's something so ambiguous, she could be anything, and mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> because as... I had to do in the 70s and mm-hmm. 80s. I will graft myself onto that. <laughs> That's a black girl. <laughs> I'm not sure she's not, but it might be. Yeah. But I do like this. So what happened with this project? So we shot it, and it, we edited it. <laughs> and um, actually, we didn't shoot this version. I actually had to write a whole nother version. Remember I was talking earlier about sometimes you write something, and the director or the, the production is like, well, we can't quite afford yeah. that. So where we were going to shoot this whole thing in this shed, we couldn't work it out with the way that the lighting was going to be. Because it's supposed to be a dark room and just all you see is the light from the door. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be really stylized. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't have the technology uh, or the crew to make this work at the location that right. we had. Uh-huh. So they were like, can you write something else tomorrow? I was like, uh... uh tomorrow, as in next day, as in a yeah. couple of hours. In the same location. Yeah. So I'm still debating on shooting this myself in like a cool, stylized way. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, change a few things, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because it never got shot. Wait, were you going to add something, Jasmine? Uh, who, the mi- you said mixed race. So who ended up uh, being that character? Um, This guy, Greg, who produced it, he did it. And what race is he? Is he's he, mixed. He's mixed. Like, yeah. what kind of... He's black and white. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. black and white, or black and Spanish, or one of those. Oh, yeah. before I forget, too, sure. I like the name Phoenix, because, you know, you know I'm into symbolism, <laughs> and you know what a phoenix is. Mm-hmm. It rises from the ashes. So you were already giving me code mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of the name. Okay. That's what, what, like I said, that's like that deeper level stuff that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the name of Phoenix, like, already in the back of my head, subconsciously, I was thinking Phoenix rises from the ashes. I don't oh. know if that was intentional. I don't or you know. just thought that was just a cool well, ass it's name. Just one of those things was it just where... you thought it was a cool ass name? You throw it in there. It is a cool name. I don't know. <laughs> it, might, it might be because I go back to Phoenix every three, four months or something. I don't know. But I just thought it was cool. Yeah, but like yeah. I said, symbolically, Phoenix yeah. mm-hmm. rising from the ashes. Mm-hmm. That says something a lot about this yeah. character because names are very, very important. They I know sometimes in films important. we give really corny ass names, mm-hmm. but I think writers really need to seriously look into name etymology, especially subconsciously when you're writing it because. Whether you believe this or not, a lot of stuff when you're writing screenplays, people, is that a lot of subconscious stuff from way back is bubbling up and it's coming onto the page. Definitely. There are things that you might end up writing that you had no idea where that come from, but it comes from somewhere. Come, always. 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 So Definitely. even if you weren't even thinking about the name Phoenix, mm-hmm. somewhere in your subconscious, like, here's somebody who rises again and it's continuous. You know, he may be down, mm-hmm. but he's coming back. Yeah. So immediately when I was reading that, I caught that right away. Yeah. 
Well, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. We haven't done one on this on this new Hillary yes, screenwriter's rant room. However, I thought we needed to do one. Since we did, I was like, fuck it. Let's do one of mine. You know what I mean? This is an old one, too. Okay. And I was like, well, you know, because quite frankly, I always say you grow when mm-hmm. you as you write, you know. Would you change anything Oh, I'd change a lot. Okay. Yeah, I'd change well, a lot. You did change it, right? You said you wrote something else. No, I'm sorry? You said you wrote something else. That you yeah, yeah, that, that, some of the story is still in here, but none of this happens this way. Mm-hmm. The whole opening is completely, I, I had to kind of water it down a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. So that whole him tied up, shed, and the gun, all that's gone. You know, you just stand in the middle of the street no, with nobody around. No, I don't. I don't even she like it, so I'm real. not even gonna say what it is. You know. Anyway, but so yeah, that's what's up. So just so you know, we will be um, every week. We still will come back. We'll be giving you guys definitely game on the uh, the don't sleep on them segment. I thought, fuck it, let's do one of mine just to show you guys. You know who to do this? Who's talking? You know we both can write too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me show you where I was two years mm-hmm. ago. So imagine that, and I'm even better now. Okay, you feel me? So. um Thank you very much, Jazz, for being in the baby rider's seat. Thank the, you. Thank you yeah. for having me. And Jasmine I'm Brown. Really excited up. for you know you doing everything with the new show and everything thank like you, that. Thank you. Thank you. Spread the word. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I feel like sometimes they, they broach like topics about minorities and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and they always seem to kind of wash over it. I don't know. Because they're uncomfortable. Yeah, because they're uncomfortable. They don't know what yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. want to offend. Mm-hmm. It's like, just get over it and talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate what you're doing. I was very excited when you, when you started it, and now I'm even you. more excited that you're coming out Thank in your you. own thing. So. Thank you. Please help us promote it, and uh, let the folks know where they can find you on Twitter and stuff. It's just, uh, my name is Jasmine Darnell Brown, so it's Jasmine D. Brown. Jasmine D. Brown on Twitter. Twitter. Lisa, Lisa, Colt Jam, where you at? I'm on Twitter. Please don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm serious. All right. It's not All right. that no, no, bad. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that I, like, there's, sometimes there's people like who follow me mm-hmm. for whatever reason, or they read the bio, and they and then, then they they think I'm one thing, and then they like, oh, God, that's not what I thought it was. So it's like, please be very careful when you follow me, mm-hmm. because I I. I mean, I'm, I'm fine on Twitter, but I'm just saying it's always funny when I see people who follow me. It's like, oh, God, I, I didn't know she was talking about that, too. I just, just screenwriting and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a whole lot. I'm what they call uh, in New Orleans. They call that logging app, a little something extra. So <laughs> I like that about Twitter, though, everyone being so opinionated mm-hmm. and you can go back and forth. Right. So that's why, that's why I like following you, because you have a lot of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> but you can everything. handle it. <laughs> a lot of people can't handle her yeah. shit. That's what it is. Look. So, yeah, and um, I am Hilliard Guest. And, again, this is Hilliard Guest's Screenwriter's Rant Room. So, please remember, if it doesn't say Hilliard Guest in front of it, y'all listening to the old show. Don't forget that. So, again, I am Hilliard Guest. You can find me at Hilliard Guest on uh, Twitter, as I always like to say. And please check us out at at Screenwriter's RR on um, Twitter also. And um, if you guys have any questions, if you guys, any of you guys want to come sit with us and be in the um, baby rider seat, hit us up, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. And, um, Can I just say real quick, sure. um, our, our film, The Citizen, is on Netflix right now. Oh, good. Oh, so it's on that. Netflix streaming, so if you have a good two hours for you, then feel can free Can I buy it on it. DVD yet? Yeah, you can buy it on okay. DVD on I'm Amazon, and it's all over the place. So. That's what's up. So please go check out Jasmine Brown's new movie, The Citizen, like that. And um, we'll catch you guys next week. And don't forget, keep it street, keep it opinionated, and keep it what? 100. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rant room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping.
Any topic, even the random. I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rap room. That's it. That's all I got to say.